Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. You knew that already. Uh, thank you for downloading and listening today. Quick one today. Uh, quick intro. The show itself is actually relatively long. Um, very much a basketball-centered episode. I know I've been saying for a while I'm going to break down some of these things that have happened in the basketball offseason, but I decided to go to an expert instead. So Haley McGoldrick will be coming on in a matter of moments to break all of this down for us. Uh, she writes for Sportsnet and The Score as well. Um, so really looking forward to that conversation. Coming up on Friday's show, we have Christopher Harris from harrisfootball.com to get us ready for the fantasy football season. Not going to be a, oh, should I draft this guy or this guy? type of a, a show he is an absolute guru when it comes to film study so just going to ask what he's seen in a few guys and kind of break through some of the arguments around those dudes but do want to remind you if you want to get in touch with the show you can email us couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com um follow me on twitter at primetimecline and that the same thing goes for Instagram. This interview is going to be up tomorrow on YouTube. Just search Couch Potato Diary, but also you can find it. Um, I am on, on YouTube under Primetime Klein 1. And also give me a follow on Twitch, twitch.tv slash primetime PK. All right, that's enough of me. Now here's more of me, but less so. Very pleased to be joined now by Haley McGoldrick of basically every Canadian media outlet you can think of covering almost any sport you can think of. Uh, today the focus will be on basketball. Haley, how are you today aside from exhausted? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, thank you very much. Uh, wanted to talk uh, a lot of things and kind of bounce around basketball both NBA double uh, WNBA and then you can walk me off the ledge from Canadian basketball toward the end here uh, <laughs> I, I want to start with the NBA and first off you are rocking a Phoenix Sun shirt for us today um, positive the feeling after the NBA finals negative how 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 are we feeling I mean, I, I love Giannis. Like, I'm very happy for Giannis. I think he's so deserving. I don't understand how anyone could dislike him. I mean, it's funny because I always think of that Kevin Durant tweet when he said NBA fans don't like anything about the NBA and it's weird. That's what I think about when people, like, don't like Giannis or whatever. And, yeah, he made some comments about, like, not needing a super team or whatever to win. But he's just, you know, a guy who's been grinding since he got into the league in 2013. He's done really well. But I think Phoenix definitely has potential. They obviously signed Chris Paul to that huge deal because they see potential. And they're a super young team. And I think that's what Chris Paul brings a lot of leadership and obviously a great court vision. He's the point god for a reason. But I know I was very happy with how Phoenix did. Like they, they're a super young team. They've obviously never been there before with this squad obviously they made the finals in like the 90s but with this squad you know that 8-0 bubble team really showed okay we have some talent here and then you saw you know Devin Booker just be Devin Booker I love him so much he just popped off every single game you saw there was one bad game and of course the Suns lost it but other than that he's dropping like 30 points every single game DeAndre Ayton's amazing campaign's amazing Johnson's amazing like they have a really talented young roster so I don't think you can be mad at that performance considering how much potential they have for the future versus you know the Bucks are obviously still amazing too but they have a little bit more of an older team right. so for the Suns I don't think anyone should be upset with the Suns performance considering how young they are like Chris Paul is like an anomaly compared to everyone else being like 23 24 25 <laughs> Yeah. Um, the, the thing you mentioned about Giannis being so likable, I, I absolutely get that. Like I, I'm a Raptor fan and I, I am generally a rather uh, irrational Raptors fan. Like I just, I, I can't play as anyone from the 76ers in video games. Like I, I'm, I am that dude. Um, and when it was the Bucks, 
I couldn't like I was like, oh, well, screw Brooke Lopez then, because like I just I couldn't bring myself to, to hating Giannis. He's just too likable, even while he's ripping your soul out. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's easy to be like, oh, Pat Connaughton sucks. Like, Drew Holiday <laughs> yeah, sucks. Exactly. But, like, but Giannis, it's just like, you can't be like, Giannis sucks because you know he doesn't. Like, that that final game, like, that game six performance oh. was just, like, there was nobody else who could have been MVP regardless, but just like, that solidified it. And like, obviously, there was that one comment like James Harden made about Giannis or something. It's like, since then, Giannis has been Defensive Player of the Year, NBA champion, finals MVP, and Harden has done what? Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Looking at the the Suns, I know I'm kind of bouncing around now, uh, but looking at the Suns with the West, I mean, we we know what the injury situation was in the playoffs. Where do you view the Suns in kind of the, the hierarchy of the Western Conference now? I mean, I think coming off this run, they have a lot more confidence, which is great, especially with a lot of those younger guys. Again, they don't really get that confidence a lot. So I think now going into this season, they're a lot more confident. They obviously have that chemistry their players are all coming back. You know, they're not losing anyone in free agency. So I think the thing is, obviously, now we're seeing, like, with the Lakers. The Lakers are, you know, they got Russell Westbrook. They they brought back Dwight Howard. They have Carmelo Anthony now. Like, they're obviously trying to vie for that championship. And I think if the Lakers are healthy, obviously, they are going to be a really good team. They have a lot of experience. They have a lot of really good basketball players. Um, but I think the Suns are still going to be up there. Obviously, they beat the Lakers, but again, injuries when Anthony Davis is injured, that's a huge blow to the team. It's not like some role bench player. It's Anthony Davis, but I think the Suns are still going to be up there. I think they still obviously make the playoffs. That's not even a question. They probably are going to be maybe a two, three seed, just depending on who's healthy again, same with the Warriors If Clay Thompson's healthy. That's a big bonus to the Warriors, but I think no doubt the Suns are going to be back there. It's not like it was a fluke year of them to go all the way to the NBA finals. They clearly got a lot of confidence. They really put their pieces together. I think them investing in Chris Paul shows that we want to be back here and we want to win this in the future. So I think they'll definitely be up there in the West, but they are going to have some problems with some healthy Warriors and Lakers teams. What do you think of the the fit with everyone with the Lakers? Um, like having Russell Westbrook, who hates anyone having the ball other than Russell Westbrook, um, and LeBron James, who same thing for LeBron James. Um, I, I kind of view it as LeBron. This is the closest he's going to come to like load management, where I'm just going to let Russ cook for like ten minutes and just kind of sit over here. Um, but well, what do you think of how that's all going to fit with LA? Yeah, I I agree. Like, it's a lot of stars in one place. And like, I think that's kind of the thing with the Nets, like people would say, like the Nets imploded, the Nets weren't awful by any means. Obviously, we say like, Kevin Durant's toe is the reason that the Bucks went on to the next round. But it definitely is gonna be that like you said, Russell Westbrook is the triple doubles all time leader, because like, he doesn't let other people have the ball. (laughs) Yeah, like, I love, I'm, I'm so pro Brody. Like I love him. I adore him. I think he deserves a ring. And I'm hoping maybe because the thing is like, you're not leaving like three different franchises in three years because you don't want a ring. You know, you just, there's some guys who like Oklahoma city probably would have housed him forever, but it's just, you know, you got to move and grow. And I think for him, this is going to be a year of growth. Like you said, he is going to want to, you know, be that guy. He wants to be aggressive on the glass. He wants to make those baskets. He wants to get those driving lamps, but in the same breath, it's like, okay, when you're on a team with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, even somebody like Melo, like, you kind of need to know your role. And I'm hoping for him, he kind of steps back a bit and realizes because like, I would love for him to get a ring. I kind of hate the narrative that people aren't good unless they have a ring um, because obviously he's amazing. He's one of the best in the game, but I would love to see him kind of take a step back and be more of that team player. Um, and then same for LeBron. Like I'm very pro LeBron too. Like a lot of people obviously, you know, oh, he's four and 10 in the finals and whatever, whatever. Like people just love to hate on LeBron because he's LeBron, but 
same thing. It's like, I would love to see him go again. Like, I don't, I don't think anything is tainting his legacy, but I would, again, like to see him kind of same thing. Like, I feel like one of LeBron's downfalls is he gets very like angry at his team as soon as there's any kind of adversity. And it's like, you need to work through that, especially somebody like Russell Westbrook, who's also a very big hothead. Like you kind of, you're definitely going to have those clashes, but I'm hoping they get those out in October, November, December. And then, you know, come winter, come spring, they they definitely will be a more well-oiled machine. I'm hoping. I mean, Frank Vogel made some very terrible, uh, like, rotation choices during those finals. Like, I don't know what was going on there. Um, so that's, like, coaching is half the battle. I don't know. Like, he had, like, Trez on the bench, and, like, I don't I don't really know what was going on there. So Frank, like, Frank having to figure out who's got to be on the court at one time is half the battle. But I'm hoping for both LeBron and Russell Westbrook, they're both at a point where it's like, okay, we're not getting any younger. There's a lot of amazing young talent in the league. Like, we kind of want to get this team a ring, and then from there, LeBron can go retire wherever he wants, and Russell will have his ring. But like you said, it's definitely going to be, like, load management and also, like, ego management, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, I want to focus on the Raptors now because they're my favorite team and this is my show. Um, Kyle Lowry is gone. So it is a, a new era in, in Toronto. Uh, apparently the Goran Dragic era won't last very long, uh, which by the way, like it, it, this last run for the Raptors has been great, but a lot of people are showing that they're new around here because like I'm, I'm old enough to remember Alonzo Mourning and I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to remember, oh, hey, look, at, look, the Raptors got a meeting with LaMarcus Aldridge. Okay. Like that doesn't, that, that was a marquee. That was like a top five moment for the franchise until three years ago. Um, so this, this whole Goran Dragic thing is nothing new. Uh, but would you expect him to be on the, uh, the, the opening day roster for the Toronto Raptors, or is that another move that is coming for the Raps? I mean, it's interesting, especially after those comments. And I know he apologized and all that, but, you know, and like you said, there definitely are a lot of fans who like only know winning. And like, I saw a lot of backlash after this season. It's like, okay, it was a COVID season. You're away from home in Tampa. Like there's injuries all the time. Like basically your entire starting five was injured for like months at a time. So um, I think, I mean, it depends. I could see him there, but also I'm not sure exactly what they're doing. I know they re-signed Ken Birch. Like I know they're kind of, figuring out their pieces still but like you said it's a new era like Kyle was on the team for nine years and like that was kind of like you said the start of a new era in general like when Kyle and DeMar were on the team that was kind of like okay this team is getting somewhere and you'd make the playoffs and then maybe make it to the second round and then obviously you know it wasn't what it was until 2019 and now everyone has these giant expectations for the Raptors um but I think there's been a lot of moving pieces recently like you even think of that bench mob and like how many players are still on the team from there. Um, so the Raptors have definitely been in a bit of a rebuild, but I think, I, th- I mean, I'm not sure, like truly, I'm not sure. I feel like, like he could be like, he's right. a good player. Like he's definitely a good player. You don't like trade Kyle Lowry for like a second round pick. Like he obviously got some return on that. Um, but I'm not sure exactly like what the Raptors are looking to do this season, considering the way that last season went, obviously you want to do better than that, of course, but also there's definitely a gigantic asterisk on the last season. Um, so I don't think it's fair to say like, you know, last year's team was trash. Cause like, that's not true in the mm-hmm. second. There was like so many roadblocks that they had to get over and like the play in tournament too. That's the thing too. Like the play in tournament was a whole new thing. And like, that was another added level of stress. Like, okay, you need to win this game or you're not going to make the playoffs. So like, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I don't like, I mean, I, I'm not huge. Like I'm not a heat hater. Like I don't hate the Miami heat. I kind of love the moves they've been making recently. Actually. Like 
I'm huge on Victor Oladipo. I was like, I think the Pacers were dumb for letting him go, but whatever. That's my own personal beliefs. Um, but like, I love him. I love Jimmy Butler. Like they're going to be super fun to watch, but like the Raptors are still a good team. So I think if they want to win, like they, they know the pieces they have, I think it's possible he could be on an opening day roster, but also I can understand if he's not, that was right. a very like wishy-washy answer, but like, I'm obviously, <laughs> I'm obviously not Nick nurse. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what is, what's in his brain, but either way, like I said, you're not getting terrible return for Kyle Lowry. Like as much right. as he's getting older, he's still an amazing guard. Like you're getting some good return on him. Mm-hmm. And like the, the Raptors, uh, I think with or without uh, Dragic are going to be good. Like they're, they are not championship good. They are not heat good. They are not nets good. They're not 76ers good or bucks good or nets good, whatever. But th- th- they are still like, th- they are a good basketball team. This isn't the Sacramento Kings. This isn't the beginning of the process, Philadelphia 76ers, right? Like this is a- as currently assembled, they are a fine basketball team, I think. Absolutely. I agree with that. And that's, that's kind of what I was trying to get at before, but I have word vomit and like, can't get it. (laughs) They're going to be a good team. They're not going to be that team that you're like, okay, we're, we're tanking for the 2022 first overall pick. Like it's not that they're going to be a good team. And that's the thing, like I said, you said a lot of people are new here and you can tell that because they, you know, got on board in 2019 and they're like, this team's amazing. And then we're like, what's happened since? And it's like, okay, well, um, a pandemic's happened since that's what's happened. Yeah. Um, so they're only used to winning, but it's like, if you take injuries, COVID having to leave your city and go play in Florida, like they're a good team. They probably will make the playoffs. Will they go front class? No, the East is like pretty stacked. Like obviously the Nets, the Bucks, the Sixers, like even the Celtics have made some really good moves. Um, so like the East is going to be hard to play in regardless, but like you said, the Raptors are a good team and they're going to be good and they're going to be fun to watch. It's going to be nice to see the guy, the younger guys like OG and like get more playing time. And I mean, OG already gets a lot of playing time, but like, you know, kind of see them grow more into like leadership roles. Whereas, yeah. you know, because Kyle was that leader and it's like, okay, well now that he's gone, somebody else has got to step up to that role. Um, also in the East, there the, are two teams. Like I, again, I don't championship like these teams, but I just appreciate what the bulls and the wizards are doing. And I, I am probably too high on the wizards, but they like they just they strike me as a team like I like Gafford I like uh, Hachimura I like Bradley Beal a lot Dinwiddie is good like they just again I'm not in love with this team but I'm in like with this team um what have you made of the the off seasons of the the Wizards and the Bulls yeah it's funny you say that because I'm very high on the Bulls like I okay. I love Zach Levine like I I'm obsessed with Zach Levine he's one of my like top five favorite players not because I think he's like top five in the league just like I feel like he's so likable I'm obviously getting Damar is huge uh getting Lonzo is huge like I feel like a lot of people just hate on the Ball brothers because of their dad which is kind of like warranted like I'm not gonna be like yeah (laughs) like I'm not gonna be like oh LeVar Ball's ruined them for you you suck like I understand because their dad is a little you know a character um but it's obviously nice to see LaMelo balling out for the Hornets and I wish he didn't get hurt we're seeing LiAngelo play now for the Hornets summer league team which is low-key hilarious because it's like you're playing for a team where your little brother is like their number one guy and you're like please give me a roster spot um but it's nice to see Lonzo I feel like Lonzo you know obviously the whole thing with the Lakers and then getting traded and then I feel like you know the Pelicans aren't really the franchise that you're going to to win a championship um so I feel like him getting out of there going to the Bulls the Bulls have a good future again they were in that play-in tournament they clearly have some sort of progression towards being a playoff team um and then, like you said, the Wizards, I watched a lot of basketball over the Olympics. When I was working in the Olympics, I told them, I was like, I love basketball. Let me watch. And Hachimura is insane. Like, mm. oh, my God. So good. Like, he 
is definitely a key player for the Wizards. I'm huge on Bradley Beal too. I think like the whole thing, you know, Russ kind of came in, it's like all eyes on Russ and they were expecting a lot because he was on the Wizards. Now that he's gone, I feel like a little bit of those expectations were going to ease up. And also, you know, you got rid of John Wall. Like that was a lot of chemistry there between him and Beal that was lost. And you're trying to like make that up in one year. It's really hard to do that. So I think, I think the Wizards are going to be really fun to watch too. I also not like, I love dunking on Kyle Kuzma, but like, I hope that he does decently in Washington yeah. like I'm I've never actually want anybody to do terribly like it's honestly the same with Ben Simmons like I feel so bad that the guy got like so much hate after the finals of course yeah when the ball's in your hand with 0.2 seconds left you have to take that shot like especially when you're you like and and defense doesn't win like defense wins championships yes but like when you're on the floor you have to have some offensive output too you can't mm-hmm. just be a really great defender and then be contributing absolutely nothing on the offense like Every single player in the NBA has to be a two-way player of some sort. Like, even, like, Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, okay, like, he's a great rim protector, obviously, but also he's going to stand there in the paint and just dip in shots. Like, he's going to be useful in some sense. So, I feel like for Kuzma, like, I really want him to do well in Washington. I'm hoping, like, this new change of scenery where it's, like, yes, Bradley Beal is, like, their number one guy, but he's, like, pretty humble. Like, Bradley Beal's not, like, one of those in-your-face, very egotistical guys. Um, he's going to have a new sense, whereas, you know, when you're playing in L.A. with LeBron, it's like, okay, well, I'm never going to be LeBron James. And sometimes young guys, I think, need that. Like, I think that's why I'm huge on Devin Booker, too, is because, like, he, he probably could go anywhere else. Like, he's an amazing shooter. He clearly could go to any other team. Somebody would pick him up. But it's like, he likes being that number one guy in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So, I'm very like I'm high on the Wizards too, but the Bulls for sure I think are going to be super fun to watch, and I'm very excited to watch the Bulls this season. And and the Bulls have got themselves in the spot where the next pissed off superstar they can be like, yeah, bring it on. When and all like they are they are a very good team right now, but they are a superstar away from being a oh that team's going to win a championship type of a team. Like they if if they end up being a landing spot for like a Lillard or something like that, like they 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 would be really really good really quick. Absolutely. I agree with that. And like you said, like as much as like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Alonzo Ball are household names, they're not like that, like, you know, they're going to be that guy on that team. Right. The three of them together are going to re- work really well. But like you said, if Damian Lillard said tomorrow, hey, I want to come to Chicago, like the four of them, that would put my money on them making the finals. Like that yeah. would be an amazing team to watch. Yeah. And for sure, don't trade Zach Levine for Ben Simmons. Um, never. Never. Yeah, don't. <laughs> no, don't don't be doing it. I, I hate though. That's the one like there are a couple spots where, oh, that'd be interesting. I don't want to see that one. Like the, the way Levine played in the, the Olympics, he was basically doing what Ben Simmons was doing and then also not passing up an open layup in the dying moments <laughs> of a game where you need. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned the Pelicans in there. Um, if I were a Pelicans fan, I a probably wouldn't exist, but B, I would be very concerned because the Anthony Davis thing just screwed up. And then like you've had two once in a lifetime players come through in the last decade. And this second one is not going well at all. I have no idea what the direction is there. And I, I think the Pelicans should be very concerned. There isn't a question here. Just kind of, do you agree? I guess that the Pelicans are screwed. Yeah, I mean, if you're firing your head coach after literally one season, like that's definitely cause for concern because <laughs> at, that, at that point, it's not the coach. Like, I right. feel bad. There's a lot of coaches who do take the fall. Like, like I said, I'm big on the Celtics. Like, Brad Stevens kind of took a bit of a fall. Obviously, they moved him. Danny Ainge made some, you know, questionable choices with the Kyrie experiment and then on. But like, the head coach takes a lot of the blame. And it's like, yes, you do put the players out on the floor, but when they're making millions of dollars to play basketball, like you got to have some faith that they're going to be able to give you some output. And like you said, like with 
AD being there and them screwing that up and now Williamson like having that it's like nobody's gonna want to stay especially when you're that talented in a losing franchise like I absolutely would be worried because they're they're giving up players and getting nothing in return for them Mm -hmm. like I don't I don't know what their plan is I can't see what their potential plan is like you said like with the Sixers like trust the process they knew what they were doing and like they're slowly getting there like of course they didn't finish how they wanted this year they were literally almost there but like you know you see the progress with New Orleans, it's like, what are you doing? Like, even like, okay, Oklahoma City, Sam Presti literally hoards draft picks. Like, he has like 80 draft picks for every draft for the next like eight years. Like, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City is slowly but surely, you know, making their rebuild. But with that, it's like, what? what is the plan? Like, what are you planning on doing? Because at this point, obviously, as soon as he can leave, he's going to leave. Like, I, and yeah, you can trade for him, but like, what are you... What are you planning to get back? Because, yeah, you'll probably get two, three players back in a trade like that. But, like, again, like, what are you going to target when you literally need to target every position on the floor? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shifting gears to the the WNBA, and I I have a confession to make. Um, I was all in for the WNBA this year. We watched the, uh, the women's college tournament. We watched the draft. We did brackets. I lost. Um, we, we watched the draft. We signed up for the, the league pass thing. I have the app on my phone. Um, been a lot of sports this summer so i i have not watched a second of it so i i am basically relying on you to catch me up on things um right now first of all as someone who is um embarrassingly new to the the wmba scene the, the commissioner's cup is happening right now and i don't understand it so can you please help me i mean a lot of people don't understand it i actually did an article for sportsnet about basically what it is because a lot of people are like i really don't understand the way they did it, I understand what they were trying to do, but they really should have done it as a completely separate tournament. Because the way is, say you play for Minnesota, I play for Indiana, we're playing in a game, it's a Commissioner's Cup game. Okay, but I would have needed to win that game anyways for my standings because only like eight of us make the playoffs. So I'm not trying to lose game. Like, you know what I mean? There was no really like added, like you're trying to win as many games as you can anyways. It was just like tacked on like, okay, you know, Phoenix versus Connecticut Commissioner's Cup game. It's like, that's great. But like Phoenix was trying to win that game anyways. Like there was no kind of added, whereas if they would have maybe done it as like a preseason tournament where it's like, okay, the Commissioner's Cup preseason, you know, teams are still trying really hard. They really want to win these games, win that extra $500,000, but it's completely separate from the season. Whereas this, they kind of just like tacked it onto the season. And like, I remember interviewing players for the story I did. And I'm like, do you guys even care about the Commissioner's Cup? And I remember if he's a caller was like, not really like we're trying to we're trying to win as many games as we can anyways obviously it will be super nice to have the extra money but like that's in the back of your mind because you're trying to win playoffs like you're trying to make a playoff spot you're trying to win those games the commissioner's cup was just like an extra kind of like okay like if you win but it's like the top two teams who were winning the season anyways i'm probably going to make the playoffs anyways now just get to go to the cup like it's just the the idea is amazing and obviously i believe women should get more money and that was part of their new cba of competitions to be able to increase their pay which i love but the execution was just not there so hopefully for next season they can either reconfigure it do it before the season do it during a break obviously there's no olympic break next year but you know maybe do something mid-season like that but the execution absolutely fell a little bit flat yeah when i when i initially saw it i Admittedly, my first thought was, holy crap, the season's done already? No, okay, it's a, it's an in-season thing. All right, never mind. Um, but then I thought it, it was kind of like the, the soccer, like FA Cup thing, where just every once in a while, Man United is playing some third division team I've never heard of. And okay, well, th- this is the FA Cup then. So I thought it was a separate thing, but it's just like a, a different point system tacked on to games that were being played anyway. 
Yeah, pretty much. Also, as an Arsenal fan, they're playing a third division team and losing. So that's great. But yeah, it was just basically <laughs> packed onto the regular season, which again, like idea, amazing execution. Like the player, the players themselves were like, that's uh, cool, I guess. I don't really know what's going on. Like, yeah. Um, as far as, as things to watch in the, the second half of the season, what, what are a couple of things you're keeping your eye on? Obviously, the Seattle Storm and Las Vegas Aces are just taking the league by storm. They're amazing. Las Vegas has, obviously, reigning MVP Asia Wilson, Liz Cambage, Chelsea Gray, sixth woman of the year, Derricka Hamby. Like, they're just – Kelsey Plum, obviously, coming off an Olympic 3x3 gold medal. Like, they have a lot of talent. Obviously, the Storm also has a bunch of Olympians. Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart. Keita Lou Samuelson was supposed to play 3x3 and then unfortunately had to enter health and safety protocols. Sue Bird, like those are the two teams to watch. Absolutely. Connecticut, John Quill Jones is like my pick for MVP. She's insane. Like Connecticut were a team who started off last season, like 0-5, I think, and then made it to the final or made it to the semifinals, took the Las Vegas Aces to game five. It was a super close game. And I think it kind of put them on the map, but Connecticut is doing amazing. John Quell's amazing. Brianna Jones is amazing. Dewana Bonner is amazing. They have a bunch of amazing players. Um, like the Indiana Fever, who are a team who have not been doing well this season, went into the Olympic break on a three-game winning streak. So that's definitely a team to look out for. They have Kelsey Mitchell, Tiffany Mitchell, Tierra McCowan, Kaiser Gondrasek, like they have a lot of talent on that team too. I think the really good thing about the WNBA, which is also bad because there's not a lot of roster spots, is but because there's so little roster spots, everyone is insanely talented. So I think you're going to be looking for a lot of teams to kind of bounce back. The Dallas Wings are a team who have so much talent and kind of just couldn't put it together. Like their bench is outscoring every other bench in the league, but their starters are kind of falling flat. So talking with their head coach, Vicki Johnson, she's kind of saying, okay, well, when we have Arike Ogamwale, you know, the Alicia Grays of the world, the Tayasha Harris's, what do they need to do to be able to move to the next level? Because in reality, Dallas should absolutely be a playoff contention team. But right now they're kind of sitting around those bottom eight, nine spots. And it's like, you know, kind of seeing how the month off will change that. I know a lot of the girls got away from basketball completely and took their mind off it, which is amazing because your mental health needs to come first. And that's what I love about the league. You know, they always put themselves first. They're a huge platform for social justice, for mental health, for women in sport and women making money. And that's why I love them. But I know definitely a lot of them want to get back and win. So I think there's a lot of storylines like that. Dallas for sure is a big one who they should be a lot better than their record shows. But I think, like, if I had to put money on it right now, I would assume we're going to get another Seattle-Las Vegas finals just because those two teams are just stacked. Like, it's insane. I don't understand how that many stars can be on one team. Um, for for us here, my, my wife and I decided we were Phoenix fans this year. Um, and it was down to Phoenix or Vegas because, I mean, I just, I love Las Vegas. And we went there and there was advertisements for it everywhere. It's like, okay, they support the team. This is lovely. And we decided to go Phoenix because Kia Nurse. Um, so my first question, how big of a mistake did we make going with Phoenix over Vegas? Because um, you, you mentioned Vegas a lot there and, and Phoenix none. So that's concerning. Um, but also to where, where is kind of Phoenix in the hierarchy of things right now? I mean, you definitely didn't miss out on anything. Phoenix is a great team. The thing is, because there's 12 teams, obviously, I'm not going to give a point on all 12 teams. Yes, Phoenix, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. No, but Phoenix is an amazing team. I actually, at 3 o'clock this afternoon, had an interview with Kia. Love her. She's great. Uh, found out a few months ago that I apparently played against her when I was 14, um, and she oh, wow. played against the WNBA, and I do not. So that's how <laughs> uh, But Phoenix is amazing. Like, 
obviously Kia, I feel like she's really come into herself in Phoenix because the thing is last year on New York, they really didn't have a great year. And I love, again, New York's another team. I love the way they're looking right now. They started off the season super hot. They've run into a few bumps. They don't have a bunch of size, but New York's looking great. But last year in New York, Kia was basically like their leader in year three. She was supposed to have this amazing rookie that they drafted. She gets her game three. Asia Durr opts out. She's kind of like all alone now being like, what do I do? She gets hurt herself. She literally was the team's leading scorer. And yet people said she was in like a shooting slump. Like it was, I think she got in her own head a bit. And she said that herself, you know, she hated the bubble. She hated kind of being isolated. She obviously hated not doing well in her own eyes. Um, So I feel like in Phoenix, she's really coming to herself. Obviously she's been an amazing shooter she hit that one game winner which was insane and she's like I never take those shots and then she decided to take it and wins the game for them um I love Skylar Diggins-Smith oh my god Skylar Diggins-Smith is one of the most fun players to watch on and off the court like I love how feisty she is um I don't know if you saw one time they were playing Dallas and she kind of got into a little tussle with uh, Marina Mabry of the Dallas Wings um just because she's like you know no BS she's like if you piss me off I'm gonna tell you she's an amazing defender I loved watching her in the Olympics like she doesn't give you an inch to breathe it was amazing obviously Diana Taurasi she was hurt for a lot of the beginning of the season hopefully she's okay now I know she got a little injured during the Olympics but then she came back so I hope she's okay Brittany Griner is like one of she's the best center in the league like that's bar none Brittany Griner is the best run protector in the league she's the best center in the league she's also hilarious there was a little bit at the WNBA all-star game where apparently Satu Sabali of the Dallas Wings said she was going to dunk on Brittany Griner <laughs> and Brittany Griner just laughed and she's like can she dunk like what like <laughs> BG is just amazing she was like as much as I love Brianna Stewart and Brianna Stewart is clearly a phenomenal basketball player. I thought BG really should have been MVP of the Olympics because she Mm. was just insane. Like either near double, double or double, double every single game. Like, and of course, yes, like I said before talking about like Rudy Gobert, when you're a center, yes, you're going to get those easy baskets. You're going to get those put by baskets. Yes. But like, even just the defense, like the blocks, they were amazing. Like Brittany Griner is so fun to watch Phoenix in general. Like they have a really good squad and I really like, them they just I feel like have a few issues with chemistry sometimes like they are another team who really should be better than their record says even though their record is still really good um there's just a few of those games where they're losing games and they shouldn't be even though they're super close games like Phoenix really should have that edge um but they're another great team like again the Kia nurse angle is only like one of like 10 really great angles to why you should cheer for the Mercury okay I feel better about the decision then (laughs) I, I feel good now um the the last one here for the the WNBA uh, expansion into to Canada specifically Toronto I'm assuming uh, I, I don't think Regina would be on the radar um, so for for the WNBA in Toronto how how likely do you think that is anytime soon I mean I think if just logistically if they're going to expand they're probably going to bring two teams to the United States but if they are going to expand into Canada there's no reason that. Toronto shouldn't be the first city they look at. Like I know not only like population wise, because yes, there's obviously a gigantic population in Toronto, but just the amount of support here, like even the work I've done with like NBA Canada. And like, I know how many people support the WNBA in this city. Like it's insane. And it's crazy because like, you know, you always get the haters and they're like, well, people don't come to like Mississauga Steelhead games or they don't come to these games. And I'm like, okay, but we're oversaturated with those things. You know, you have a professional hockey team you have a professional basketball team you have their like athletes you have the ahl and you have the obviously the 905 you have a bunch of semi-pro leagues other than that you have the 
OHL for hockey, you have the CBL and NBL for basketball. Like you can literally go watch basketball wherever you want. So yeah, obviously a lot of people aren't going to really go watch the Guelph Nighthawks over the Raptors if they're playing on the same night. But if there's a WNBA team, that's literally the only exposure for a, a professional women's sports team. Like, yes, we have the Toronto six. They didn't even get to play here this season, but like, other than that, we don't have very many professional women's sports teams in general in Toronto, let alone a women's basketball team. The amount of exposure, like basketball is one of the fastest growing sports in Canada. You've seen the growth of Canada basketball and women and like how we've literally just keep producing more and more Canadian talent you saw in the final four every final four team had a Canadian on it which is amazing because you know to get recruited to a top four school from Canada like years ago would never be heard of so I think for sure if they do expand to Toronto like I said logistically there's a lot obviously that has to go into that but if they say okay we want to move a team up north like Toronto for absolutely is number one city I know so many people would show up for them you see even like just NBA players who support the WNBA like it's not Mm -hmm. It's not just a shtick, like they're wearing an orange hoodie, never speak of it again. They literally go to games. They're friends with these people. Like they support the WNBA. They know they're insane basketball players. So I think if Toronto had a team, like people would probably be shocked at how much support they'd get from them, but it's because there's no exposure. That's the thing. Like people, people don't think they would do well because other men's sports don't do well, but I'm like, it's not the same at all. Do you know how many women in sport would adore having a professional team that they can go watch, they can look up to, they can meet those players and have them as role models. Like it would be amazing. Yeah. And just seeing how the, the Raptors organization has got behind so many different things, you know, that if there was a, a Toronto WNBA team, like Masai would be at every game, um, like it, it, would, it would be full throttle support from the Raptors organization, I would imagine as well. Absolutely. And those are the best partnerships. Like speaking of Phoenix, the Suns, like the Suns Mercury partnership mm-hmm. is like one of my favorites. They are so good. Like on socials, always when the Mercury are doing well, the Suns tweet about it. And like the Mercury obviously supports the Suns. Like, I feel like that is so like necessary in those partnerships too, because you've seen in some cities, like I know soccer, there's a few where you have two teams in the same city and they don't support each other. And it's like, okay, yeah, well, obviously the women's is going to fall flat if they have zero support from you. But like when they show out, like other people notice that. And that's how people get into the game. They go, oh my God, LeBron was at a WNBA game when he could have been watching the Clippers. First of all, why would he watch the Clippers when he plays for the Lakers? I get he has friends on the Clippers, but like people are saying that I'm like, he literally plays for the Lakers. He's not going to go support the Clippers. But anyways, um, you know, he's going to show out for WNBA games. Like people notice that. And then they start watching the amount of people who told me last season that they love the WNBA, but they never got a chance before because it was never on TV. I'm like, that's exactly it. Visibility is everything. Yeah. If we've got a team here, like you said, I know the Raptors would show up for them. I know there's other people. If they're the only team in Canada, people from the West Coast and East Coast are going to fly out to want to watch games. Like it's it's inevitable that when we get a team, like the support is going to be through the roof. Mm-hmm. And I, I would imagine too, the the networks would be all over that as well. Like I I, I don't think finding a, a Toronto WNBA game would be a difficult proposition on national TV out here. Oh God, no. Even like, I'm very like, pleasantly surprised with the amount of games that have now been on TV just in general. Mm-hmm. I love that I can go on to my sports center TSN apps and see that there's a game on virtually every single night like that, that warms my heart. So the fact that they're, you know, broadcasting teams from Indiana and Los Angeles and Chicago or whatever, if there's a Toronto team, absolutely. I think their games would all be televised and the ratings I'm sure would be really great. Like they would be shocked at how well they would do. Uh, last one for you, or I guess last subject, a couple on this one, um, Canada basketball on the international stage. This was not a fantastic last couple of months for that. Uh, the men's team didn't get to the Olympics. The women's team did, but didn't get as far as many thought they would. How concerning has this last stretch been for both men's and women's basketball in this country? 
I think, pardon me, I think the men's um, is concerning, but isn't because obviously Jamal's hurt. Shea was hurt. Like you had a bunch of really great players who would have played for team Canada if they weren't hurt. And I understand them not wanting to like play or rush any rehabilitation or anything because the NBA is their literal job. Like Mm -hmm. I understand that, but obviously if SGA and Jamal were playing for team Canada, that would have made a huge difference. Um, But the men's team, it's hard. Like obviously there's a lot of amazing men's basketball players and like, they're not just on team USA. Like, we saw Team USA didn't really have, like, the easiest road to gold like they should have. Like, Nigeria had a really good team. Like, a lot of people were dunking on Precious. I'm like, I watched him play for Nigeria during the Olympics. He was doing really well. Mm-hmm. So, like, you should be pretty happy that he's coming here because, like, he's a pretty decent pickup. Jordan Nwaro was playing really well for Nigeria. Obviously, France had Evan Fournier and Rudy Gobert. Like, you know, it's not just – usa versus everybody anymore so canada definitely has a lot of work to do but i also think if they have a healthy roster they definitely have a better shot um you know they had some really good players you saw obviously like lou dort did really well during um the olympic qualifying tournament and like they they were never like blown out of games they definitely you know we expected a bit better um but i think for the men's team it's not as concerning as you might think like oh missing the olympics but like when you have those injuries and like, I am also a big believer that it's like, even if your best players are injured, like your other players should be able to step up. But like, it's a team that was literally basically like thrown together. A lot of these guys have never played together before. And even if they have, it's been a while. Like chemistry is such a huge part of it. And that's the thing with a lot of these other international teams, because they don't have a lot of these NBA stars, they get to practice together a lot more. Mm. So that like chemistry is huge. Like knowing where somebody is on the court, like somebody can make an amazing, like no look pass. But if the other person doesn't know that this guy is known for making no look pass, passes like you know i'm not i'm not gonna be ready to catch it yeah um, as, as for the women's side it was definitely disappointing especially because their loss to serbia was a literal four point loss um which basically got them sent home early um i again it was kind of i think a nervous thing they're a very young team and i say that they do have obviously older players like Miranda am and kim gochet like they do have older talents but also like you know three other players like Shayna Pellington, Leticia, Emma here, Ilya Edwards, like they literally are either in college still or like fresh out of college. Like they're a super young team, again, have never really played together before. Like Ilya Edwards literally joined the national team pool, I think last year or two years ago for Team Canada. So they were a really new team. They didn't, so they played in the America Cup. They A, didn't finish the way they wanted to at the America Cup. They came fourth. They still qualified for the FIBA World Cup qualifiers, but obviously not the result they wanted. And then coming off that, they didn't have, Kia Nurse, Natalie Chalma, or Bridget Carlton during that America Cup. So then you're throwing in three really good players, but you know, you don't practice with them a lot. They had an entire camp before the America Cup that those three weren't at. Then they had an Olympic camp. You're pretty much trying to force that chemistry in two weeks and then go to the Olympics and again play against some really good teams. I mean, Team USA, it was like, I don't want to say their road was easy, but like I would have obviously bet money they would have won it. And they showed like why they just blew everybody out of the water. Like their talent is insane, but there's obviously a lot of other really good teams that I think they weren't expecting. And they kind of had that shock loss to Serbia. And unfortunately in the Olympics, it's not good enough. And then, you know, you play other really great teams and it's unfortunate. I think they have a really bright future. You know, Kianars is only 25 years old. Like she'll, she'll be back when I was talking to her earlier, obviously, the Olympics are very far away and there's a lot that goes into qualifying for an Olympics, but um, she definitely wants it. Even Natalia Chama, she's only in her late twenties. I'm sure she'll want to be back at the next games. Bridget Carlton's 24. Obviously Aliyah, Leticia, Shayna, they're all like 19, 20, 
21. So they're a very young roster and they'll definitely be back. Um, but I wouldn't be too, too concerned again. Like I hate to blame it on circumstances, but that's just what it is. You know, right. Their three probably biggest stars can't just leave their WNBA, their literal job and like go to Tampa and go train three of their, you know, youngest players literally are in college still and have never played for team Canada. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're getting starting minutes. And like, I was pleasantly surprised with Leticia Emma here. She's amazing. Like she did really well in the America cup. She did really well in the minutes she got during the Olympics. Um, but again, they're like just a very inexperienced team. And that's huge. That's part of it. Like I said, in the Olympics, when a lot of these guys do get to train together, guys and girls, my apologies, um, 24 seven, you know, it, it's definitely hard when you're a team that's kind of, okay, we're just going to shove you together and then make it work. I don't think they should be disappointed at all. I mean, they made the Olympics in general. There's a lot of teams that didn't do that, um, but they definitely do have some work to do. I mean, the World Cup is next year. They qualified for the pre-qualifiers, so I'm hoping to see some growth in that, and hopefully they qualify for the World Cup and then do a bit better there. But I wouldn't say it's too concerning. They definitely have a lot of room to grow and they have a lot of young talent, you know, it's not, it's yeah. not like you have a star studded roster the way you have team USA. If team USA finished the way that team Canada did. Yeah. That'd be incredibly concerning. I definitely would not know what's going on there. Like you need to do it rehaul. I mean, Candace Parker said it best. The team USA could probably field an ABC team and all three of them would podium at the Olympics. Like they just have that much talent, but Canada's growing. They have a lot of talent. They're just young and a bit inexperienced, but give them enough time. I'm sure by the time the world cup comes next year, they will look like a completely different team. Yeah. This Olympic cycle I thought was interesting timing. I think for both sides, like for, like you said, on the women's side, a lot of young talent and on the men's side that that last uh, chance qualifier, they're in that spot because a lot of the young talent on their team, like Shea Gilgis Alexander wasn't even a thought for the national program at the last Olympics. And then going through the cycle, like there's a lot of these guys are just kind of coming in midway through. So I, I I kind of get the sense that the next one, both men's and women's is going to be where we really start to see that growth come in. Oh yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Like you said, like there's a lot of young talent making these squads now. And it's like, you know, when you're especially used to having a team where the same team plays together for two, three Olympics. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, you have two of those people. And then you have a bunch of players who weren't at camp. And then you have a bunch of like 20 year olds, like make it work. Like it doesn't exactly work like that. And that was the men's side too. You know, it's like, you do have some NBA stars. You also have some guys who have play overseas because they don't play in the NBA anymore. You have some young talent. Like it's just kind of like a mixture of a lot of people. And once they, you know, like you said, now they kind of have that roster. It's like, okay, looking to the next America, looking to the world cup, we have this solidified roster. How do we get our chemistry in place better now? Uh, Haley, I've taken up way too much of your time. Thank you uh, very much for doing this today. Where can people find your work? Well, thank you for having me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Goldie on sports, and then you can find me at sportsnet.ca and also now at the score and a lot of things on FIBA too. I don't have a byline on FIBA because it's a nonprofit, but I do a lot of work for them and I always tweet it out. So lots of basketball content for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, thank you very much. And uh, this was a blast. I'll definitely be doing this again soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, there you go. Uh, thank you very much to Haley for coming on and doing that today. Uh, I said it would be a quick interview, and then we went, uh, well, you've seen how long it went. Um, so thank you very much to her for that, and definitely check her stuff out. And we'll definitely be paying closer attention to the WNBA as we get set for the second part of the season. A reminder, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. I want to keep this thing growing, and the only way to do that is if you tell people how awesome it is. So please do that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, 
you, you may have noticed that uh, a couple of more content type things have been coming out from my Twitter. That is hopefully going to continue, but uh, we'll get into official announcements on that later on. Uh, follow me on Instagram at primetimefine, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can also find me on YouTube, primetimefine1, or just search Couch Potato Diary. One more show coming up Friday. We're going to have some CFL, going to have some fantasy football, going to have some wrestling on there as well. It's going to be a jam-packed show, so hopefully you will join us. Until then, I'm out.